This special Breast Cancer Awareness Month episode is brought to you by beautyafterbreastcancer.com. Bandwidth for this podcast is brought to you by Cashfly at C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y dot com. This episode is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one platform that makes it fast and easy to create your own professional website, portfolio, or online store. For a free trial and 10% off, just go to squarespace.com and use the offer code TWIP. This episode of This Week in Photo is brought to you by FreshBooks, the fast and easy cloud accounting solution helping millions of small business owners save time invoicing and get paid faster. You can try FreshBooks right now for free. Just go to freshbooks.com TWIP and enter TWIP in the How Did You Hear About Us section for a free trial. This episode of This Week in Photo is brought to you by StickyAlbums.com. Do you want to book more clients? Nothing boosts your word of mouth referrals like giving each of your clients their own custom photo app. You can create your first app in minutes at stickyalbums.com. This week on Twitter. Apple updates the iPad and announces a new iMac featuring a 5K display. And Adobe releases a free tool to migrate from Aperture to Lightroom. It's Monday, October 20th, 2014. And this is Twip. Welcome back to TWIP, a.k.a. This Week in Photo. I'm your host, Frederick Van Johnson. Joining me this week to discuss some of the cool things happening in the world of photography are Mr. Martin Bailey and Mr. Derek Story. Hey, gentlemen. How are you doing? Hey, Frederick. Hey, Frederick. Hey, Derek. All right. This is going to be a good show, guys. A lot of stuff happened uh, this past week. I mean, we're recording this. It's Monday, October 20th. Um, Last week, a lot of cool stuff happened that I want to dive into quickly. Before I do that, I want to do a quick update on what's going on with both of you. Martin, I know you've been, I heard from uh, from Doug Kay that you've been running around the world photography. <laughs> what's going on? Yeah, we, Doug joined uh, my my Iceland tour and workshop this year. Um, we had an amazing time. It was uh, two weeks, just under two weeks in uh, gallivanting around Iceland. Um, you know, the weather was Icelandic. Um, you know, I actually bought the T-shirt this year. If you don't like the weather, just wait five minutes. <laughs> you bought it, huh? Yeah, but they actually sell T-shirts with that on. But yeah, it was great. We had an amazing time. Um, you know, the I, I, it was a year later than last year's tour, so I had a few benefits like like getting some full color. I didn't expect that because there's not a lot of trees in Iceland. Yeah. Um, but with, yeah, it was it, there was a lot of great things to shoot. I, I probably. One photograph that I'll be talking about on my podcast probably next week is uh, perhaps one of the best photos I've ever shot. So I'm I'm really excited about the the results as well. Oh, cool! When does that episode come out? Probably next Monday. I um I'm I'm up to part two in the travelogue series now. Um, so I just released part two yesterday, and the part three will probably be when I cover the this image that I'm talking about. Uh, but there's lots of, you know, I mean, I, know, I shouldn't say it myself, but there's lots of nice photos in there. So if anyone's interested, you know, cool. go over and take a look. And that's at martinbaileyphotography.com, right? And they can go there and see that stuff and sign up for your podcast, right? Yeah, yeah. We've actually al- already started taking bookings for next year's Iceland tour as well. So if anyone wants to go to mbp.ac slash Iceland 2015, 
that's already been uh, been booked. Okay. All right. So we'll we'll link to that as well. Good. You are, you are just overlapping, man. You're busy. <laughs> you are. It's it's fun. It's having lots of fun. Rearing up for my uh, for my winter tours now. So uh, it's going to be a, a busy a busy winter season this year as well. So it's all good. All right. Well, cool. Congratulations on that. Thank you. Also on the show is my good friend Mr. Derek Story over there. Hey Derek, what's going on? You've been traveling around too? Yeah, not not quite so far as Mart. Uh, <laughs> I went over the mountain to the Eastern Sierra last week, oh. and uh, in search of fall color, and it was gorgeous. I hit it right right on the money. So uh, it was a nice couple days getaway, and I was actually doing a little research for a workshop, and then I have. Fall Fall color uh, this weekend. I start on Friday, and then we're off to New York for Photo Plus. So, yes, yeah, October is always crazy busy. I mean, it's just always a lot going on. But you know what? We say that, and then November comes, and we say the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> Which month is not crazy busy? Is what I want to know. Well, you know, the thing about October though, it's fun crazy busy because there's uh, usually a lot of announcements. There's Photo Plus. There's Fall Color. You know, it's just like, ah, falls in the air here in North America. So it's, you know, it's fabulous. It's going to be crazy at Photo Plus Expo because, you know, we are going to be hanging with a, a gaggle of photographers in Gotham City on Halloween. I'm just saying, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not escaped to me at all. It's street shooting paradise, I think. Yes, yes. I think, Derek, uh, from now until the end of Photo Plus, you can just refer to me as the Dark Knight. That's yeah. it. <laughs> I call you that all the time anyway. I know you do. <laughs> That's how you can say it, you know, and it will mean something. Uh, now I can say it publicly, okay. Yes, you can say it. You can say it, I will get mad. All right. Yeah. <laughs> As we mentioned, I'll be in Photo Plus Expo. I'll be speaking or actually doing live interviews from the Panasonic booth. Derek, I hope hopefully I can, uh, you know, twist your arm to come sit down with me over there. Um, I, I'm already booked, man. I'm, I'm going to see you Saturday. Awesome. awesome. So, yeah, we'll be doing a, a, a list of cool interviews from the Panasonic booth, so come over there and hang out. Head over to thisweekinphoto.com to our events page. You can find it from the main menu there, and there's a page that we set up for this Twit Panasonic uh, speaking interview type thing. From that page, you can sign up to win a brand-new Panasonic Lumix GM5. That's that little tiny... Uh, camera. What does Rob Knight call it? Rob Knight calls it the noisy cricket. <laughs> so it's, <laughs> it's, you guys remember the noisy cricket from Men in Black? It was that little yeah, tiny yeah, camera. That was yeah. Anyway, uh, we'll be giving one of those away. So just you know, head over to this weekend photo site and sign up for that. I'll be there October 29th through November 1st, and the event, of course, if you didn't know, takes place at the Javits Center in New York City. All right, guys, before we jump into the show, I want to thank our first sponsor for this episode, and that's our friends at Squarespace.com. This episode is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one platform that makes it fast and easy to create your own professional website, portfolio, or online store. For a free trial and 10% off, just go to Squarespace.com and use the offer code TWIP. And as a special promotion for the TWIP audience, Squarespace is giving away a full year of its most premium level service, and that's valued at more than 288 bucks to a randomly selected listener. All you got to do to enter is just tweet, quote, better websites for all, exclamation point, with the hashtag Squarespace TWIP. 
to be considered. And if you currently have a Squarespace site, post your site URL too, and we might even talk about it on a future episode of This Week in Photo. And remember, Squarespace is constantly improving their platform with new features, new designs, and even better support. Plus, they've got their new metric app for iPhone and iPad that allows you to check your site stats like paid views, unique visitors, and social media follows. And Squarespace has an amazing support team that works 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and the fee started just $8 a month, and that includes a free domain name if you sign up for a year. So you can start your trial. You don't need a credit card to start building your website now. Then when you decide to sign up for Squarespace, just make sure you use the offer code TWIP to get that 10% off and to show your support for This Week in Photo. And we here at TWIP want to personally thank Squarespace for their support. Squarespace, it's everything you need to create an exceptional website. And here's a quick look at what's happening this week on the TWIP Network. This week on TWIP Talks, I sit down with Caitlin Carey and Joseph Lenaski to discuss their new Kickstarter project, Beauty After Breast Cancer. And over on Street Focus, Valerie has released her second street photography Q&A episode. And we've launched TWIP's newest show, Your Itinerary. It's a show hosted by travel photographer Rob Knight. All that and more is happening this week on the TWIP Network. You can subscribe to all of our shows over at thisweekinphoto.com com slash subscribe. All right, gents, let's jump into the first story. The first one, if you, I mean, unless you're under a rock, you know that Apple made some more announcements. You know, a couple weeks ago, they made the announcements of the iPhone 6 and 6 Plus, and then all the, the flurry that surrounded that happened. And now this past week, they made some more announcements, and that's the new iPad and a new iMac with a 5K display. Yes, 5K, not 4K, 5K. Um, so obviously this is of interest to lots of photographers out there. Not everybody, obviously. Not everyone's on Macintosh, and I recognize that and, and uh, understand. But this is kind of monumental in the world of photography because of this 5K display. I was speaking with Doug K a couple days ago, and we were talking about this, this computer in particular. And he brought up an interesting uh, topic that I wanted to put in front of you guys before we jump into the specs of these things, particularly as to the iMac and that 5K display. He was essentially saying that the majority of cameras out there today, especially micro four-thirds, the majority of the cameras out there today cannot take a photo that can fill the new IMAX screen. Derek, <laughs> Derek, when you saw this release, first of all, what did you think? And then what do you think about that? I mean, the... Yeah. These crazy, awesome cameras we have, and we can't even make desktop pictures with them now. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, you know, if you're sampling up from a 16 megapixel picture, uh, you might be all right. But I, the the computer itself is is crazy. I mean, I mean, really, when you think about the evolution of the iMac, I mean, I had one of those terrestrial egg iMacs, you know, the with the first one when Jobs first. Yeah, I, I had the DV, which I thought I was really hot stuff because it had smoked, you know, like gray smoked plastic and everything. Yeah. Uh, and and then you look at what we have today, and uh, you know, with and you have uh, you know, some good options in terms of the graphics card. You can upgrade the graphics card. Fusion Drive comes standard, and you can up it to a three terabyte Fusion Drive. And, I mean, in your, st I I did an upgrade path on this, and it still came up about 2800 bucks. So yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, for about the price, uh, probably what, 20, 25% more than a 4K display. Yeah. You know, you're getting a computer with it. So, I mean, I have to say, I thought that was, that was the big announcement last week. That that computer was a big announcement. Yeah, I think so too. Um, and you know, frankly, I was a you know, what's a, what's a good way to say this? So I was watching. First of all, I was watching the keynote, and I was worried that it was gonna you know I was gonna hear some Chinese translation overlaid over it. <laughs> My stream was gonna fail or something, but it went off perfectly. So kudos Apple, it went off perfectly. I, I saw the whole thing, no problems. I was able to watch it everywhere. I was even switching devices because I had to move around the house and do different things. So I watched it on my iPhone a little bit, and then I was in, on the Apple TV, and it just worked. So some somebody got their heads knocked over there and made it work perfectly this time. But what you know, the sensitive piece of it when they got to Phil Schiller's part of it when he did the introduction of the iMac, the new iMacs, it you know I, it didn't seem like he had all that excitement. Like the specs of the thing, yeah, reflect his level of enthusiasm. You know, I don't know. I was like. Phil, you're talking about a 5K display. You know, go <laughs> drink a Red Bull or something, man. Come on. Well, especially when it's, when it's Phil, the, Phil the Thrill Schiller. I mean, you know, he, he used to get excited about <laughs> anything. Was he the same guy that ran around the stage saying developers, 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 or was that somebody else? That was I don't know. I, I, don't, I, I can't remember that. <laughs> I think that was Palmer. <laughs> Bomber owns the Clippers now, so he's uh... <laughs> Yeah. So Martin, you know, you you sit in front of a computer a lot. You're the artisan. You know, everybody's an artisan, but you sit there and you make the prints and you, you know, you get into the minutia, the pixel level. And I, and frankly, when I saw this release, I was like, who's who? You know, other than people that are shooting 4K video and photographers like us, like who wants to get into that that level of detail on the display? And like Martin, of course. You know, he needs to see the dirt on the snowflake on the snow monkey's left nostril. <laughs> so when you, when you saw this, was this something that you were like, okay, I got to have that or whatever, my current system is fine? Yeah, you know, I, I'm i excited about it. I think it's a, it's definitely the way to go. I mean, I'm, I've, I've had a, a Retina MacBook Pro for a couple of years now, and the detail that you can see in those screens is just totally... You know, it's unbelievable. Yeah. And the thought of having that on a 27-inch screen is is pretty impressive. So I'm I'm definitely thinking that I you know I'm I'm gonna I want one of these at some point. But from a business financial sort of perspective, I've got a 27-inch iMac here that I bought a year ago. Uh, I really need to keep this for another three years to to sort of you know as as far as you know I like to keep my my computer's desktop for four years, laptops three years. I can that that's going to be a horrible three years though. You know, I mean, I still <laughs> love this. This is this computer that's sitting in front of me hasn't got any worse because the the five K's out. But you know, it's just it. I'm definitely thinking that it's it'll be great to look at that. The the things that I don't necessarily like about Retina screens though is that um, things like, for example, in in Lightroom when you go to one times you know, like 100%. Yeah. It's actually, it's 100% at something like 400 DPI or, or whatever. So it doesn't actually grow that much. And you have to go to 200, 300 if you want to get back in and look at the real detail and check for critical sharpness, stuff like that. So there's a few things that I, I wish worked a little bit better. But, you know, I mean, you can't, you can't beat having that kind of resolution. 
And and as an aside, I mean, I actually about two months ago, two or three months ago, my TV broke, and we bought a 60-inch uh, 4K TV, and that's 4K. And I, it's you can put a um, a USB card in with JPEGs on it, and it shows images at 4K. And I was amazed. I mean, 60 inches. It's bigger than any print I've, I've done. And it's 60 inches of photo at that detail. It's just incredible. So I can only imagine what 5K is going to look like just a few feet from your face. Yeah. Um, so exciting stuff. I'm looking forward to it. But I'm going to uh, probably by the time I can buy, I can upgrade my iMac, it will be 8K or something like that. See, you see, Martin, you're an adult, right? And clearly I'm not. You make adult purchasing decisions. And <laughs> That are based in logic somehow. Mine, mine are still based in sixteen-year-old. I want that car no matter what it costs. Kind of logic. Well, you you know what? One of the things that started to cross my mind is is that we are considering hiring someone, and I'm thinking, hmm, they could probably work on on this iMac, and I'll just have to get a new one. There you go. See, now you're talking my language. Exactly. As an end, it's perfect. Right. Right. But Derek, that, what about you? Derek, I'm sorry, Martin. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, that would be what it is, something like that, though. Yeah. yeah. Derek, I was going to ask you, so you, when you saw this release, were you, did you have your finger hovering on the buy button, or did you, like, marinate it, marinate on it for, like, you know, 20 minutes and then buy uh, No, I, I, I'm still marinating, you know, because, I, you know, little things like what Doug brings up and all that, I, I want to, you know, kind of go through all the details first. Yeah. But uh, unlike you two, I, I have children. Oh. I, you know, I can do the hand-me-down move, which is, you know, the most famous tech dad move there is, which is mm. you move the old stuff down and, you know, to, you know, you know, to like to the kids, and then you have room for buying a new purchase. Derek, that's a form. That's a form of child abuse, though. They might call child protective services on you if you do that. I don't know. Yeah, for foreseen electronics on children. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Judge, he gave me some outdated technology. It's unforgivable. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I'm like you. It's not that outdated. <laughs> right. So, uh, at, at any rate, but uh, I'm I'm curious about what Doug was talking about in terms of the resolution. Did he actually like paint a picture? And, and are there numbers? Do you have numbers on this? Yeah, yeah, he did. In fact, we are planning an all about the gear show because um, Doug ordered one and I ordered one. So. We're going to, you know, after Photo Plus Expo, and we've had a couple of weeks to play with them, we're going to do an all about the gear show that just sort of talks about these computers. And if you get one, you should come on. Um, we're going to talk about these computers as they relate to photographers and the pluses and minuses. Are they all, is the 4K or the 5K display all it's cracked up to be? Blah, 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 all that stuff. So we'll, we'll tear it down all about the gear style. And you're welcome to join us if you're available. You know, you know okay. what, guys? The, the, the 5K. It's a, it's about the size. On I'll do the math while I'm thinking about this, but um, 5K is about 18 megapixels. It's not it's not it, you know. So any anyone with a 5D Mark II or you know anything that's over 18 18 megapixels or so is going to be looking at their images at their native size. Yeah. Um, but this this comes back to what I was saying about like it, they, they, when you're in Lightroom or something like that, you can't really blow them up without going over to um 100%. Which is fine. That's probably the way you have to work on these things. But it's it's only if you're using a camera that shoots less than around 18. I'll do the math while you while you're talking about something else. But um, good. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Please do my homework for me. It's just like high school again. I love this. <laughs> 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 or college or something. 
Well, if, if, if you're in an interface, right? If you're in an interface, you're not going edge to edge on the display, right? You're not using every pixel. Yeah. There's, so. there's also something on the page here. It says the performance to light up 14.7 million pixels. Yeah. So 18. It sounds like it's like 14.7 pix, um, megapixels is is roughly what you need to fill the screen. So. That's it's less than 16 megapixels, which is micro four thirds. So well, yeah. So you so if you if you're shooting anything like that, then you are going to be filling the screen with it. Mm, all right, we need we need to tear this apart clearly. So uh, just before we continue here, just the specs on this thing. Um, it's 27 inch screen, resolution of 5,120 by 2880, or like Mark was saying, 14.7 million pixels. Comes uh, standard with a one terabyte fusion drive, Thunderbolt two. Uh, when, I'm not sure what that. Derek, maybe Derek knows about that. Um, eight gigabytes of memory. It, the base price is $24.99 with a 3.5 gigahertz quad core i5. Or if you want it fully pimped out, you can drop $4,399 and get a one terabyte flash drive in there with 32 gigs of RAM and a 4.0 gigahertz quad core i7. Jeez, these names. <laughs> and an upgraded graphics card, of course. So, okay, Derek, first of all, do you know anything about Thunderbolt 2? Obviously, I'm sure it's going to be faster and more efficient than Thunderbolt 1. Yeah, I, I don't I have it. I'm, I'm using Thunderbolt 1 on everything, so I, I haven't had a chance to actually test it. But, yeah, it's faster. It's going to be faster, <laughs> faster more efficient. Yeah. Hopefully, they'll change the plug again. That would be nice. I think it's, that's what's on the Mac Pro at the moment. That they That's got Thunderbolt yeah. 2 as well. Yeah. yeah. So the thing that, so, that I was thinking of for both of you guys was when I saw this release, because I've been, you know, you know, I say I, I, you know, I make childish purchasing decisions, but I, I really don't. I'm really cheap. So I've been waiting for almost a year now to to update because I don't have an iMac at all. I'm using Twip is recorded on a Retina 15-inch MacBook Pro connected to a cinema display. That's what I'm talking to you guys on right now. Because we're doing so much media and all this network stuff, and it's it's getting too much, right? So I need a dedicated workstation, and I was going to pull the trigger and go buy probably the iMac that you have, Martin. I was going to go buy that and, you know, call it a day. This is now my workstation and, you know, move on. I was advised by some good friends to hold off for a minute, you know, you know, based on just cyclical things, you know, nobody in the know, you know, but based on cyclical when Apple does these releases, they say you probably should wait for a bit until, you know, the, you know, Apple shows its cars on what the next iMac's going to be. So mm -hmm. I suffered through it. We launched a new Twip, all this stuff with, you know, me chugging along here. So I had to pull the trigger on this. So when they, when they launched it, I was like, okay, I'm ready. I don't care what you put out. I don't care if it's the 20. <laughs> 20th century, whatever our Mac. <laughs> so I had to get it. But what I want to ask you guys was, you know, when this came out, the other thing that was in my head, you know, as I was kind of thinking about what the next, what the workstation I was going to put in place here was, I was thinking, okay, maybe I should just get the, the Mac Pro, you know, and since I'm going to be desktop based anyway, why not just get the Mac Pro? plug that into my cinema display, maybe get an additional display, and call it a day. You know, I got ultimate power. Right? Derek's shaking his head. Derek, why not? No, no, no. You know, it, I mean, there are certain things. If you were into heavy, if you were Alex, it would be different, right? Mm -hmm. If you were into heavy-duty video production and all that. Yeah. But uh, a still photographer who does a little bit of video, who can 
walk away for less than three grand with a 5K display and a really good computer yeah. that that has a small footprint. And I mean, it really, it's it's a computer and it's no thicker than a regular display. In you know, mm-hmm. in all honesty, uh, that's that's a deal. I mean, that that's I mean, that, I think that's where you want to go. And I don't think you need to mess with the, with the Mac Pro. So that was my logic. I mean, because I'm a yeah. my my office, as you can probably tell from the little slice of it, you can see I'm it's relatively minimalist. You know, some would say anal and have said that, but it's, you know, right. I keep it on the minimal side. I don't I don't like a whole lot of stuff floating around. I like processes to work like they like they should, um, so that I can concentrate on the task at hand, which is either TWIP or you know whatever I'm working on at the time. Um, so Martin, what about you? When you saw when you saw this, I mean you. You know the Mac Pro. First of all, why aren't you on a Mac Pro? Considering the the heavy duty lifting stuff that you do, you're running a podcast, you you know making prints, you're doing you run an entire business from your computer. Why not have a Mac Pro? Well, I mean the first thing is that I can run, I can do everything that I that I do even on my MacBook Pro. Um, so what the reason I bought an iMac was simply because I wanted something stationary in the office that could be left on and. I also wanted the big screen. Um, you know that what I was doing before was I had I had a 15 book MacBook Pro and then I used to plug in my 24 inch Azo monitor, which is great. But now I have a 27 inch and a 24 inch monitor and it just makes work more efficient. I can have two or three, four applications open on here. Um, I actually pulled the trigger on this when I was about to write my third Craft and Vision ebook, mm-hmm. and I I just wanted to be able to write and look at things. Um, on the large screen, laid out on two screens, and for me the power wasn't that important. I, what I have, I mean the the probably my photography and then like as Derek says a bit of video every now and again is the most intense thing I do, and it's the Mac, the iMac is plenty for that. Um, I totally agree with yeah. Derek, and unless you're pushing a lot of video or you're doing 3D modeling stuff like that mm-hmm. um, and rendering not so much modeling rendering if you if you're going to have to sit and wait um, for something to render while you're before you can do something else even if you put it in the background um, then it's it takes time and and as we say time is money yeah. so if if you're going to spend a lot of time waiting for stuff to actually get encoded or rendered then you're better off with a faster machine but i think now with the power of the iMac even even the mac the uh, Mac Minis, mm-hmm. and and laptops, they do enough for the majority of tasks that photographers do. Even photographers doing a fair bit of video, you've yeah. got to be you've got to be basically working in video or 3D modeling and that full time to get that to really benefit from the power of a Mac Pro. And and I, and I think that Apple are fine with that as a marketing statement as well. And and that's just me talking yeah. out, you know, thinking out loud. Yeah. That that's probably the way they're going. Plus, when you think about it, you spend all of that money on an iMac, and even if you want to add a 4K monitor when they become cheap enough, they're still going to be a couple of grand. So we're talking $4,000 for for the computer, and then you've got to go buy an, a, a monitor for it as well. You know, it's like it's almost like you get a 5K monitor for free when you buy an iMac. Right, right. All right, you guys, are, you are helping me justify my purchasing decision. I really appreciate that. I feel much better. <laughs> Uh, so Derek, looking looking at that Mac Mini though, so they they released a new Mac Mini too, um, which was pushed way to the end, um, and it has essentially sounds like an incremental update. It's got faster processors, the one terabyte Fusion Drive, 
on the the thousand dollar model and two Thunderbolt two ports on there. Is the Mac Mini now like the old um, iMac? Um, meaning that if you get a display in a Mac Mini, you essentially have an old iMac. What do you guys think? Well, I mean, you have you have a pretty good computer for for the money, and especially if you have the peripherals already. Right. Uh, right. Or if you want to do something where you want to run it headless, uh, you know, connected to like your Drobos or something like that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think it's it's a great computer for that. And, you know, adding that second Thunderbolt port, I think, was a big deal. In the new. They, you know, they say you have two Thunderbolts now. Before you only had one. Right. So, I, yeah, I think I think they're a computer that that solves certain problems. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, and, and indeed, if you wanted to save some money, you could photography and and everything else with it. I mean, it's an excellent computer. It to me, when I look at it, and then I look at the new iMac, it's you know, it's like ah, uh, it's kind of no comparison at the moment. <laughs> but uh, it, Definitely, uh, you know, like I said, there's a lot of situations where I think that the Mac Mini is, uh, you know, would solve a, a big problem. Yeah, I'll tell you, um, and Martin, I want to have you chime in on this too, because I, I got, I purchased a Mac Mini. Actually, it's running behind me, um, connected to two Drobos, and initially, initially, it was I was going to do what you said, Derek. I was going to use it headless. I was like, I can just put this thing in a closet, out of the way, plug Drobos into it, and when I need to administer it, you know, I can mount my drives remotely, you know, from wherever I am. Yeah. But when I need to administer it, I can, you know, just log into it, screen share, and do what I have to do, log out, and boom. In practice, it was not quite that simple. It was yeah. a little clunky, and, you know, you got to get in there, and then, you know, you log in there after a couple of weeks, and there's, like, all these updates that need to, have, need to do it. <laughs> and do it. You gotta reboot it. Then it doesn't yeah. know who you are when you reboot it because yeah. you gotta go find a mouse to plug into. You know, it was not it, the uh, the actual reality did not yeah. match the fantasy of a headless operating system. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I has a computer back there. Uh, this is the old yeah. plugged into a Sony TV, which looks great. You know, at this distance, yeah. and perfect. So. I don't know. So also, uh, Martin. So the the new iMac, not iMacs, the new iPads came out too. Just mm. to quickly touch on that. So they're thinner. Um, Apple's all about this thin thing. That's a, uh, you know, I don't I don't know if they can keep that up. I'm thinking probably not. <laughs> so it's it's thinner than the original iPad. I noticed they're comparing it to the original, not the last version. Mm. Um, and it's got you know a bunch of other cool things like the anti-reflective coating on the screen. It's got a new A8X chip, which allegedly is 40% faster and two and a half times faster graphics. Plus, it's got what I think is the most important thing on there. It's got the Touch ID um, fingerprint sensor thing on there, mm-hmm. and it's got an improved 8 megapixel camera, an improved front-facing camera, and you know they they've got a range of models now. I think Apple's going down that route of having too many. Too many models again because they're at they've got a 16 gig version. Like who wants a 16 gig version? They've got a 16 gig version, a 64 gig version, a 128, and then you add 130 bucks if you want the LTE versions of these. So I think you know too many too many in the product line. So when you does this to you at all, Martin, or are you gonna play frugal, Mr. Bailey, on this too? <laughs> um, you know I'm. It, it definitely interests me. It's probably. Right now, I mean, I use my iPad um, for reading sometimes. My my wife actually starts started using it more than I do. Um, 
And we're thinking of stopping. We actually kill trees and get a physical newspaper because she, she likes to sit and read a newspaper and I'll flick through it every so often. Yeah. Um, but we're thinking of stopping that when our current contract expires and just getting an iPad um, subscription to the same newspaper. Mm -hmm. And I I was thinking I'll probably get her. I mean that's going to be January time. I'm thinking I'll probably get her one. Um, and I can actually sell my old iPads here and get a couple of hundred bucks for them. So I um, what I'll do is I'll why not, why not just get a Kindle or something if it's just for reading? Well, because the the, the newspapers on it's got an, an iPad subscription. Ah. Um, but it's not just for reading. I mean, I, I do read books on it, but I'll tell you, I mean, I, I actually got the iPad, the iPhone 6 Plus when it, on the day of release. Oh, on the day of release. And I, I'm thinking, you know, the size of this screen, for me, if I'm just going to sit and read, say, a Kindle book in, on, with the Kindle app, I will probably use this over an iPad. I would, um, yeah. And so, I, I don't know. I mean, it, it's not as enticing as... I mean, I, I was all over this phone. I've I've been waiting for the larger screen uh, iPhone for a number of years. Yeah. Uh, so That's I. For you, Martin, it's not. I've been, I've been hearing mixed result, mixed responses on the six versus six plus. Some people say it's you know Franken phone, it's too big, and some people say it's just right. It's like a Goldilocks thing. But what do you think? Yeah, I I love it. I mean, it, the it it is big, but especially coming from an iPhone five or five S, you know, it's it's a big chunk of glass but you know you get used to it pretty quickly and it's the screen is just incredible yeah. um, I, I, I over the years obviously I've showed my photos to people on my phone you, you go somewhere you don't have your iPad with you or a laptop and they'll, you say yeah I'm a photographer oh, what do you, show me some of your work you, you pack, open now I open Lightroom uh, mobile go into a portfolio and just let them flick through it that's awesome and people people have always Gone, oh look at that! Oh, oh my! And yet, on in Iceland, I was passing it around the table and the, at dinner the first few nights when people were asking to see the see the phone and then the photos, and people's reaction was just different. They were they were more, um, you could see them getting more excited about of the photos. I mean, it's like three hundred over three hundred DPI. It's it's better than most books are printed. That's right. Um, yeah. And of course, it's backlit. Photos on this thing look absolutely incredible. Um, and so, I mean, I am thinking, obviously, with the new iPad, I, my iPad that we've got at the moment, I think it's an iPad 2 or something like that. It's it's probably the third generation. Yeah. Um, so it's not, I mean, it's good. It's okay. It still does us, but it's it's pretty pretty clunky, heavy now. Yeah. Um, so I, will, I would like an, uh, an iPad Air. And yeah. I think that the photos on that, again, would look a lot better than they do even on the 2. So, you know, there, there's a, a lot of good reasons why I would upgrade. Um, the iPhone 6 Plus to me is, is perfect size. Um, it's what I was after, so I'm, I'm happy with that. Um, All right, but, well, if you can ever get them in stock, like within a 500-mile uh, radius, and I say that because I actually called an AT&T store. It isn't hmm. AT&T or Apple. I think it's AT&T. I called them, and I said, where's the closest place I can go get an iPhone, you know, 6 or a 6 Plus? And they're like, well, let me check. Well, it looks like there's none around your current zip code. Let me let me extend the range or the radius. Well, sir, it looks like there's none within 500 miles of you. <laughs> <laughs> what is this, uranium or something? I mean, it's a tech device. How come I can't buy one? You know, well, you know it, it kills me. You see, they do it on the news every time Apple release a new phone. They... 
they show you these people queuing in Ginza and and all in a number of places around Tokyo. They're, they're queuing for two weeks. Yeah. You know, it's like in September. They must stink. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> but I'm but not I'm, the guy. I, I, you know, I want one, but I am not gonna. I mean, I'll wait in the line outside of an Apple store, yeah. you know, maybe for an hour or so to get one, but I'm not going to go wait overnight someplace, you know, and that's only if I happen to be in the mall. when I sleep. You know you know what I did? I, I went to my local, um, in here, over here, SoftBank is the carrier that I that I use, yeah. and I went to the local SoftBank store the day it was released. I made sure I was, um, I got there early on the day it was released. I think I was like the second person to order mine. Nice. And that took me 40 minutes. Yeah. And then I got an email the day before the, it, they shipped saying that we've got your iPhone. I went and I was, um, I think, within, there, there was more people picking them up on, than there were ordering them. And I think I was like fourth in the queue. And it took me another 40 minutes. So literally to, to pick mine up was 40 minutes. It was in my hand and I was away playing with it. And I got to take it to Iceland. I'm hoping so, I can get one to take to New York with me, but I'm not holding my breath. There, what do you? Did you get one? Are you getting one or what? No, no, still got five S. <laughs> yeah, same here. Derek, you're a big guy, so I'm thinking you're you're yeah. a uh, six plus individual. You're, are you are you not well, at all? Well, no, it's I. I'm gonna wait and see what happens uh, in the next because I'm an iPad Mini person, so I have the Mini with Retina, oh. and that that's my that's my kind of my social networking tool and my work tool. That's why I carry my camera bag. So I'm okay with the 5S for now. Uh, I the Eastern Sierra trip I went. I just took the Mini, I took the West Digital wireless uh, hard drive. Yeah. And that that was it. That was all. I, and you know my camera bag. I still and, need uh, Eastern Digital wireless. That was fine. You oh. know, and uh, Snapseed on the you know on the iPad Mini and. And I was pushing them right up online. So, yeah, you know, it's so it, it all depends on your workflow. But, you know, I, I heard an interesting stat uh, today that people treat uh, uh, iPads and tablets more like computers and phones, and they tend to hang on to them longer than they mm -hmm. do their phones, uh, you know, because it still works. It's still, it's still a very good tablet. Mm -hmm. And uh, so people hang on to them until uh, either they do a hand me down or, or, something happens to it and um, I have a 64 gig iPad mini 2 with retina display the specs are almost the same as the one that you know the iPad mini 3 except for the touch ID and uh, you know I can't do Apple pay but that's all right I want to see how that shakes out anyway here so you know it's just like one of those things where no I'm good I'm good yeah. right now you just wait you just wait for a minute all right guys yeah. Before we jump into this next story, um, I want to give a nod to our second sponsor for this episode of TWIP, and that's our friends over at FreshBooks.com. This episode of This Week in Photo is brought to you by FreshBooks, the easy cloud solution helping millions of small business owners save time invoicing and get paid faster. You know, as photographers, we capture moments, feelings, vistas, all that cool stuff, even perspectives, but what we don't thing to capture sometimes is the income picture of our businesses. You know, income, your expenses, your billable time, all that stuff. And I think one of the reasons why we don't do that is because capturing all those things 
is boring. That's a simple fact. It's just boring doing that. We'd rather be out taking pictures. Now, thankfully, FreshBooks offers small business owners and freelancers a way to keep track of their time and money without breaking your workflow or lifestyle. You can invoice your clients. You can do it in mere minutes. Expenses can be automatically imported so you don't have to lift a finger. You can track billable time. Basically, they take the hassle out of running your photography business by joining millions of freelancers and entrepreneurs using FreshBooks to run their businesses. So really cool stuff. And this week in photo and basically anything I do personally business wise is run using FreshBooks. And I've been doing it for several years now and I can't tell you how much time it has saved me in terms of headache and following up with clients and billing and getting paid, all that stuff. You know, their tagline is it, it It says, you know, let me read it here. It says it helps you save time invoicing and get paid faster. And that's exactly what it did for, did for me. I had a stack of things that I had to do, you know, people to reach out to, to, you know, bug about getting paid or all these different things. And once I imported everything into FreshBooks, it basically said, okay, Frederick, yeah, we got this. And they took it over and I get paid, you know, and it just works. I don't think I would be able to run my business as efficiently as I do without FreshBooks. So definitely check them out. And FreshBooks, our sponsor for this episode, is free to try for This Week in Photo listeners. All you got to do is go to freshbooks.com slash twip and enter twip in the how did you hear about us section to start your free trial. So get out there, capture some beautiful moments and your business finances. Just go to freshbooks.com slash twip and enter twip in the how did you hear about us section. All right, story number two, um, guys, our friends over at Adobe are at it again doing some cool stuff. So this time they released a nifty little tool, which I haven't used yet, um, or actually I haven't used because I'm not running Aperture, but they released a tool that allows people to easily migrate from Aperture, your library over from Aperture to Lightroom, which is interesting. I would have thought this would have happened before now and that it wouldn't have taken... Adobe. I thought this was like a prime opportunity for a startup or somebody to swing in and say, hey, we're going to ease the pain of this transition for you. Derek, you, you, you know, you're, you're on Linda with tutorials for both Aperture and Lightroom and iPhoto and, you know, anything photography related, you're over there. People can learn from you there. Is this, this is clearly filling a hole that's there, right? So when you saw this, were you thinking, yes, finally, or does it come up short? Well, actually, there was there was an independent developer who did a transition tool prior to that, and the and the Adobe folks knew about uh, knew about him, and you know, it's called uh, it was originally it's called Aperture Exporter. And uh, when I was talking with them, they're going, "So, what do you think of Aperture Exporter? And you know, should we do something like that?" And I go, "Yeah, you probably should. You know, it doesn't uh, probably a good idea. I think you, you could probably do another level deeper in, in the code." But uh, you said easily uh, move, and I, and I would say I'd put easily in quotes yeah. on that. Um, what you can do with the current plugin uh, from Adobe, which is a, it was a good idea that they did it, and I'm glad they did. Uh, you can move your photos over. Yep. Uh, you can move your metadata over, star ratings and uh, keywords, and even color labels uh, from Aperture. Uh, but there's a big gotcha, and the gotcha is that your uh, image adjustments don't go over. So, right. so. 
so there's a lot you know if you've got a big library there's a lot of work there that either you got to bake them and export them and you know move them in separately or something else uh, but for me that that's a huge that's just like a huge gotcha so what do you do? What's the what's the solution? Just keep keep Aperture around and keep that library running until you need it, or? Well, that's a great question, and I, all I all I'm telling people is what I'm going to do. And you know, the first thing I did was you know, download Yosemite and do the updates to Aperture and iPhoto, and they're great. I mean, so Yosemite. I love Yosemite, by the way. I, mm -hmm. I think it's fabulous, mm -hmm. and uh, and Aperture and iPhoto both run really well on Yosemite. The updates are, are great. So <laughs> I, I seem to have a theme tonight, which is I'm not doing anything. <laughs> I'm, I'm certainly not. <laughs> I, I'm, I, you know, Aperture runs great on Yosemite. I love Yosemite. And I, I'm going to sit tight and see what happens with the Photos app uh, in the, you know, early next year. Yeah. And uh, I, I do run Lightroom. Uh, you know, for uh, certain projects because the develop module has some tools I just absolutely love. So, but for the moment, I don't, I don't think anyone has to do anything. And, and, and if it was me personally, I would not go through all that pain of using that exporter plugin and doing all that rigmarole, at least before photos comes out so we can see what's going to be in photos in yeah. early 2015. Yeah, because maybe maybe it will respect those that sidecar or whatever metadata changes that you made to the raw files somehow, and you won't have to worry about anything. Who knows? Well, photos you will migrate. You can migrate from Aperture to Photos. We know that already, and from iPhoto to Photos, and everything goes. We know that already. Plus, it'll yeah. Plus, it'll integrate with iCloud Drive, and uh, it'll integrate with iOS. So, I mean, it's it's. And and people forget um, it's going to have uh, you know those uh, photo extensions, right. which I don't know if anyone's using them on iOS right now. But for instance, I'm using the Camera Plus Lab in the Photos app on iOS right now because it accepts photo extensions, and you know you can basically a developer can port their stuff uh, to go right into either Photos on the iOS 8 right now or uh, that'll be true for photos uh, in 2015 on the Mac. So there's a lot of things yet that you know could be potentially fun. That uh, I want to see how they're going to work. Yeah, yeah, it's it's interesting. It's like I always say, it's, it's and I've been saying this every year. It's a good time to be a photographer, Martin. Um, it is. This doesn't affect you at all, right? I mean, you're not. You're. I think if I recall correctly, you're Lightroom based, so you're not worried about this, right? No, I'm the only thing I'm I'm even in, remotely interested in this for is just so that I can help people that ask advice. Um, yeah. And Derek's just given me a whole load of stuff that I can. Use. <laughs> <laughs> um, literally, I I I heard about it. I tweeted about it. Some people responded saying that the they've heard that it's a little bit buggy and that it, that there are some issues. Um, I I don't like the way it does, adds things like color labels and things like that as as um, keywords. Mm -hmm. It's like you know they, it, it's like okay this was red. Like, All right. <laughs> now, I mean, of course. I mean that's easy enough because then what you do is you go through you look you search on keyword and you set you select everything that has the keyword red or whatever it was, however it is, um, select them all and then make them red. 
so it's it's a it's a very easy thing to do uh, but there you know there's if you can't keep maintain all of the changes that you made in aperture that would that would kill it for me um so yeah i mean i i think it's just a case of like what he said <laughs> um and and i i uh, i really do um I feel for people that are that have worked on Aperture because initially, before Lightroom came along, I remember looking over people's shoulders when they were coming on my workshops, and I was I was looking at people using Aperture, thinking, "Wow, that's so cool! You can do that." And so it was ahead of its time. Originally, it was like the app. Um, I wasn't a Mac user at the time. I, I had a Mac Mini that I recorded my podcasts on, but that was it. Um, and I was envious of, of uh, you know, Mac users for being able to use such a cool tool. But then Lightroom came along and it, it sort of lagged behind for a few years. And then once it caught up, I think it, it surpassed it. And so I kind of feel for people that, that were using Aperture, not because it's, it's bad or anything like that, but because they just kind of got le left in, you know, in the lurch. And it's... It's sad. I mean, I would have I would have hoped that Apple had just kept that going because they 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 had a product that people liked and and enjoyed using. So yeah. you know, I just feel sorry for people that are stuck with stuck but with it. That's that's the nature of technology, though, right? I mean, we I mean, if you zoom out and look at the timeline, it's we see these amazing new things that companies release and they mm. talk about it as the next big thing, and they put a lot of effort in marketing, and then it goes away. You know, mm. and there's the cleanup, and then something new comes. I mean, you know, not just not just Apple. I mean, you know, it's been like Google. You remember Google TV? I mean, a couple of years ago, that was that was going to change the world, and now mm. we're in the crickets. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So it's, well, I, I hope that what Derek said is true, and, and that when photo comes out, it's and it works, you know. That it it might be a replacement, and if it is, it'll save save people a lot of trouble. A replacement? When you say replacement, for, for a replacement for, for, for or photo management, not photo management on the app. So could it? Could it, Derek? Both of you guys, could Apple use this new infrastructure that they're putting in place to release this? OS integrated photo management type system that will obviate the necessity to have an application like Lightroom. What do you think, Derek? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I I think that's the plan. <laughs> so Lightroom's Lightroom's days are numbered. You think? No, not at all. You know, uh, Light Lightroom's gonna be here. He's doing a great job with it. It'll continue to evolve. Yeah. Uh, but I think a lot of folks, a lot of users, are are they're not they're not used to thinking how Apple thinks about these things. And Apple pulls the rug out first, and then they then they come in and you know with the milk and cookies. And uh, so. Uh, <laughs> So th this whole thing is far from over, far, far, far from being over. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think it's. I think photos is actually going to evolve into something that's that's really fun. So yeah, and yeah. and good and useful and photo and all that. If they do do that extension so. type in implementation where third-party developers can augment the system, then Adobe is a third-party developer. They could keep things going and make it advantageous to use their technology with the Mac so that everybody's happy, right? Well, sure. I mean, let's be honest. Uh, someone who's very clever could put the develop module in Photos. Yeah. You know, Yeah. so... 
Mm. You know. Now, <laughs> see, now you're crossing the streams. That could be serious. Yeah. Well, and you know, and so now you have, you know, if you're if you're uh, an Apple user, if you're an iOS user, so now you have full integration. Uh, with all of your devices, and you have some cool tools. Yeah. So uh, I'm not saying it will happen, but I'm just saying this guy is. I would not hit the panic button. No way. All right. Cool stuff. This is all very cool stuff. All right, guys. Um, let, let's move on. Martin, did you have any parting thoughts on the on this migration thing? Not really. No. It's. Uh, I I just hope that I mean Derek's got all he's more in the know on this stuff so I'm hoping that that what Derek is saying is is gonna come true. Yeah, yeah, we all do. So is Derek. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys, let's jump into some listener Q and A. This is the segment where we answer a question that uh, obviously a listener has submitted. Listener Tom writes. He says, it's time to buy a new camera, or I'm sorry, time to buy a new laptop for photo editing. I'm considering the Dell XPS15, but I can't decide if the quad HD screen at 3200 by 1800 is worth the extra cost over the FHD, which is 1920 by 1080. Also, uh, have been have, have seen possibly outdated info that Photoshop and or Lightroom may not scale well on the QHD screen. What do you recommend, either from Dell or another vendor? Apple is not an option. Any thoughts on the i5 versus the i7 CPU for photo editing? This is tough. And I think Bruce, our show notes editor, put this in there to throw us for a curve because he knew we were going to be talking about Max on this show. <laughs> so he put this in there. I have nothing to offer here. I don't. I have been away from the Windows ecosystem for so long. I have no idea what's good or bad over there. Uh, Martin, what do you think? Do you know, you know any way to answer this question? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Martin says pass. Sorry. <laughs> no, you know, you know what? I I started to think um, that. A few years ago, I probably would have had a, a few suggestions, but really, I, all I would be doing is going off and and doing some googling. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you know, you for, for me, I I didn't get to see the show notes until an hour before we recorded. So, oh. <laughs> so um, so yeah. Sorry, Tom. I haven't got anything that I can tell you. Well, okay. well I tell you one thing I would add is if I would definitely go. Um, I can't make recommendations, but I would definitely go for the for the Quad HD. Just because of my so experience. That's what I was gonna yeah. say. Yeah, I mean, I, that just based on my experience with the um, with the Retina screens, um, Lightroom plays well with Retina. I can't imagine anyway. It's only a little bit larger. I can't imagine why it would not play well with the Quad HD. Um, so I I would definitely go for the larger screen. But as far as you know, a, a maker, a model, stuff like that. I don't really have any advice because it's just like like you said there, Frederick. You know, I've been out of the the Windows ecosystem for such a long time that I I really don't look at look at that yeah, stuff anymore. Yeah, yeah. Likewise, um, <clears throat> my high level advice is looking at his question is faster generally is better and bigger generally is better. <laughs> so go with the bigger, faster options as your budget allows, right? So, mm -hmm. but I would say. Yeah, I mean, I, beyond that, I can't, you know, being out of the ecosystem. Derek, you you might have something to offer here since you are you are our sage on the show. What do you think? Well, I, I kind of go along with Martin on this one. I and you actually too, which is 
Uh-oh. I, I would go with the HD screen. And, uh, and did you lose me? No, you're still here. You're still here. Oh, good. Oh, that'd be so sad. <laughs> Although, if you were to drop me, this would be a good question to do it. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're still here, but you are, you are, I think, I think Google Hangouts is getting ready to eject you because it's stuttery. <laughs> I feel like the digital landing gear is down, Derek. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Uh, I'd go with the HD screen for sure. Okay. okay. <laughs> so we'll move on from that. Sorry, listener Tom, but uh, you know we need to. Maybe we'll ask. We'll send this over to Don Komarechka, who is uh, yes. that's, our that's you. and he can dive into the weeds on this for you. Um, you, you know, so the, the the end of the question there, Tom does ask any thoughts on i i five versus i seven CPU, yeah. mm-hmm. um, and I just to sort of. To add this last thing, what you just said there, Frederick, faster is always better, and and so the I I always my MacBook Pro and my iMac I iMac 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 I um I upgraded to the i7 chips uh, the CPUs, and so yes, always go for the faster if your budget will allow, always go for the faster the faster CPU. You f- you basically future proof your gear longer. You know, if you're going to buy something new, buy the best because within a year there's going to be i9s and i11s or whatever. Yeah. Um, and so always just get the best, the most that you can afford. Um, the i5 is going to work fine for for photo editing, but you know, if you can afford the the i7, go for it because it'll it'll help you to it'll make things faster and it'll help to future proof your your purchase. Well, Martin, here's a, here's a good piggyback on that though. If if the two metrics are processor speed and screen resolution. And you only have budget for one. Which should you prioritize? I would probably go for screen resolution. Okay. Um, but of, and of course, we we need to try to stuff as much RAM in there as you can get as well. Okay. Um, so I mean, that's the thing for me. I always there's there's um, screen resolution is obviously important for photography. Um, it's not probably the most important. It, I I would make sure that if I was um, kind of like the exposure triangle when you, you increase one and decrease another. Mm-hmm. I would try to get uh, as much RAM as possible, as as fast a CPU as possible, and also um, if it comes down to it, with photo editing, getting an SD an SSD in there really helps to speed things up. Um, so I would rather have an SSD for, I uh, say, a, I mean, I, I have a 700 gigabyte SSD in my in my MacBook Pro. Um, try and get as big a SSD in there as you can, um, or at least a Fusion drive, something like that. I'm not sure if they're only Apple, but something that, that uses the speed of SSD to accelerate the, the hard drive, because that's going to help you to get your your photos off the hard drive and into RAM so that you can actually do something with them um, in Lightroom or, or whatever you use. Um, so, yeah, trying to get a fast hard drive, as much RAM as you can you can afford, and, and I normally max the RAM out, um, especially these days when it's actually soldered onto the onto the um, onto the the you know the boards you know the motherboards. Yeah. So, and probably not the case with a, with a PC, but um, yeah, as much RAM as possible, as fast a CPU as possible, a fast hard drive. Um, even if you go for like a seven a seven two hundred a seven thousand two hundred RPM over a, a slower hard drive. Just trying to get as fast as as much speed and as as possible for the money that you're going to throw at it. Yeah, yeah, I I, I agree with that. Derek, do you agree with that? Prioritize um, screen size 
over processor and then you know try to try to make up for processor inadequacies with more RAM and faster hard drives? Faster hard drives are big. Uh, you know, SSD changed a lot of things, I think, for mm. photographers. Mm. And the only thing I would add is uh, GPU, too. Yes, know, true. Depending yeah. On, yeah. So, uh, you know, take a look at that. And, but, you know, so it works out. You have, like, five factors, you know, that, that you're looking at. And uh, if you can't afford to uh, be top of the line at all five, then, you know, go with your priority list on that. But, uh, you know, hard drives, I think, for photographers are a, a big deal. I agree with what Martin's saying, that uh, my world changed when I switched from, you know, 7,200 RPMs to SSD, yeah. and it changed for the better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I even put SSD yeah. in, a, in, a old, in an old computer, and it changed it. You know what I mean? I mean, so it's, they're, they're a pretty mm -hmm. big deal. Yeah, you know, you know I, you, Derek just reminded me that when you mentioned GPU, uh, we're kind of brainstorming here, which is good because I think we're actually giving Tom some advice, um, which was better than nope. Um, but <laughs> um, one, what the, that, that is one thing that I always do as well. I we mentioned earlier when we we're talking about the new iMac, um, how you can upgrade the video cards. I I, I go for, I max out the video cards as well, and I don't know if this still happens, but years ago with cheap laptops, they used to actually use the normal RAM as video RAM, mm -hmm. and they're two totally different things. You've got to make sure that you've got as much video RAM in there as possible, and especially now that Photoshop um, uses video RAM, it actually does a lot of a lot of its heavy work with the video RAM rather than, rather than the standard RAM, so, uh, well, in, a, in addition to the standard RAM, so it's definitely worth, um, worth getting as much physical um, G, you know the the graphics RAM as well. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Both of you guys on the on the SSD thing. It's a it's amazing what how slow a spinning hard drive makes what otherwise would have been a, a fast computer you know, go. So you put an SSD in there, and it's kind of like you know it's like Viagra for computers. It's amazing. <laughs> All right. All right, guys. Before we go into the Picks of the Week segment, I want to thank our final sponsor for this episode of This Week in Photo, and that's our friends over at StickyAlbums.com. When Sticky Albums founder Nate Grehack was working as a professional photographer, he used to hand out paper business cards until one client finally told him that she really didn't like carrying paper around in her pockets. That was the inspiration for Nate founding Sticky Albums. It's a service that makes it super simple to create a custom mobile photo app for each of your clients. As a business owner, you'll love Sticky Albums because you can customize your galleries per client with your own logo and contact information. And as your clients share their app with all of their friends and family, it's like they're passing out digital business cards for you. And Nate and his team have just released a brand new version of Sticky Albums with some cool new features this year that has already won a PPA Hot One Award. And be sure to check out the Sticky Albums blog to learn how wedding photographer Sal Sincata created a simple Sticky Album for a popular wedding venue in his city that skyrocketed his word-of-mouth referrals. And for the TWIP audience, Nate has provided the discount code TWIP, T-W-I-P, that will knock $40 off your annual membership, including unlimited apps. All right, let's jump into the Picks of the Week segment. Remember, you guys, you can pick anything to recommend to the TWIP audience as long as it is somehow related to photography. Martin Bailey, I'm going to let you go first. Okay, so I 
I know this has probably been recommended a number of times over the years. It's not new, um, but a couple of months ago, I ordered some new Moo cards. Um, you know, the UK-based company. I think they've got print printing um, facilities in a number of countries. But um, the what I wanted to bring up here was that basically a, a year ago, I bought some Moo Lux cards. Yep. And I found that you know they're great. They're really thick. It's like um, three cards pressed together and so when you hand them to people it's like wow I've got two or three cards here and um, they're thick they're luxurious hence the name um, but I found the printing quality on Lux cards to be really poor um, I don't think that they're really they're that good for photography um, you know if you're gonna actually print photographs on there I I had five designs because obviously with Moo you can if you order 50 cards you can upload 50 photos and get one of each um, so for, they're great for photographers. I ordered five designs. Um, yeah, of those five designs, um, the one, uh, one of a white tree, a, a tree on a white background was was fine, mm -hmm. but everything else that had a little bit of a bit of um, dark background or color was really poor. And so for a year, I was thinking, yeah, maybe I just won't use Moo again. They weren't as good as I thought. Yeah. But I had I had received Moo cards from people over the years that looked great. So what I did was I went back and a few months ago I ordered a set of the, the, the laminated map cards. And this is what I wanted originally. This is what I should have gone for in the first place. Their classic map laminated cards are beautiful. Yeah. And so... Uh, what I actually did was I, I put a podcast together and talked about this, um, which if anyone's interested, it's at mbp slash, uh, mbp.ac slash 436, four, uh, four, episode 436. So you can actually go over and see the results, see the cards that I did. Um, but the, the Moo Classic Laminate cards are absolutely beautiful. Photos look great on there, and the system's really easy to use. So I just wanted to give a shout out for for Moo, um, with the uh, the caveat that the looks cards are not really good, that good for photographers. You see, I'm glad you told me that because as I was telling you off the air, I am uh, we we are in the process of ordering business cards for the for all of the Twip hosts, um, and hopefully we'll get them before um, Photo Plus Expo. But it, you know, I was thinking that we would go with the square. Lux business cards because hey they're top of the line they're square they're awesome um, until this show and now I'm not going to do that based on Martin Bailey's whose whose opinion I respect more than many you know <laughs> I'm not going to do that. Well, you know the other, the other thing there I I don't normally like to give negative feedback or negative reviews on on products and things but the other reason that I am um, I'm not over, I'm not con um, confident that they can actually improve on the printing is because I threw the the feedback at Moo when I didn't even get a reply a year ago. Uh -huh. So I so I'm thinking, you know, that's you know, if they can't even reply to that, then fair enough. I I just uh, I'm just going to forget about that and I'll I'll figure out something else. And and the answer was staying with Moo but going for the for the classic um, matte laminate. And, and I'm really really happy with that laminate. laminate. They're not glossy. They're they're flat. Uh, it's the it's they're they're not glossy they're, they're actually they they've got a they say matte they're not I think that's the problem with the looks cards they're very rough textured matte matte media mm -hmm. um, the laminated matte ones are, are 
I mean, you probably you can't see this, and I know this is an audio show, so it's it's not going to be much good to actually hold these up. Yeah. But they they feel really soft in your hand. They're they're not matte as in rough textured. They're they're a very very sub, um, subtle matte uh, media uh, or substrate. So I'm I I love them. Um, I I actually I also got the um, I, I don't know I should have looked up the name of name of this, but I also got the the little um, the fan thing where oh, you can very cool. put your cards in. Yeah. yeah, and just fan it out. Um, and I, I just now, whenever I'm in a bun with a bunch of people and I want to hand out cards, I just splay these out on the table and let people. Because with the new batch I did, I think I had 18 or 19 designs, um, and so people can pick which one it is. It's a great talking point, you know. And I really love the system that they've got in place, um, yeah, where you can. Just yeah. I mean, move. Set, in my opinion, sets the standard for that kind of. Um, you know, software as a service where you upload something to get media back. I, I, I love the way that they step you through things. It's high yeah. tech, clean, and it's professional. It feels modern, you know, when you, when you go through the process. So, yeah. cool. That's that's really really helpful. So I'm uh, yeah, I'm gonna take your advice, Mark. Thank you. Good. Eric Story, what about you? What's your uh, what's your pick of the week? Uh, I'm going to go with a freebie this week. Uh -oh. I don't normally do that. Uh -oh. I know. I usually cost you money. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Flickr finally uh, made uh, the mobile app for the iPad work. And, uh, you know, version 3.2 of uh, Flickr uh, looks terrific on an iPad. And, uh, you know, we've been waiting. Those of us that use Flickr have uh, been waiting for this. Uh, and it's it's uh, terrific and so if, if you're a free user you probably automatically have it if you have automatic update and uh, you launch it because you probably haven't launched it for a while because it was so terrible before uh, on the iPad and um, if you haven't been using it on the iPad uh, take a look at it it's it's really nice it's beautiful okay. all right I'm gonna download it uh, after the show that's uh, that's really cool that they're doing that you know it's interesting that Flickr Flickr, you know, just a slight tangent on that, on Derek's pick. Mm -hmm. Derek, how is Flickr doing? Like, are, you know, should we be paying attention to Flickr more? Should we just move all of our, our toys over to 500 picks? I have it integrated into my site. Uh, you know, so I have a Flickr public group, and, you know, we do picks the week out of it, and I do Facebook, you know, member photo of the day from Flickr group and all that. Mm -hmm. From my perspective, it's doing great. There is a... a ton of beautiful photography on Flickr. There's a lot of active photographers and the audience is big. And um, I'm glad they didn't wait any longer than they did to start to get their act together. Yeah. But when they started getting it together a couple years ago, I think they hung on to who they had. And uh, I, th I think the mobile tools now are are really good and, and on, on the web page I think is quite good too. So yeah, Flickr is still relevant. They're, they're definitely still uh, still a player. Okay. Good. Good. Martin, do you agree with that? Yeah. I mean, I I personally have have not even logged into my Flickr account for about two years now, so I'm I can't really say that I'm I'm I, well. I'm definitely not active. Um, but I've got nothing against Flickr. I think it's still a good system. They've got a great community there. Um, and especially if you're using it the way Derek does, then yeah, I mean, it's it's great. Cool. You no. Know, 
no, I would ne definitely not steer people away from Flickr. And I think 500px is kind of different. That's mm -hmm. and and I'm also not even yeah, logging yeah. into my 500px account anymore. So yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. 500px just became became all about votes and and stuff like that. And uh, I don't know. I'm I'm not sure that I'm quite as I still enjoy looking through the 500px on my iPad, just flicking through for a bit of inspiration. Um, yeah. But I'm not as active as I should be, or or I was. But you know, I think Martin brings up a, an interesting point because what I like about Flickr and what I like about Instagram both, it is less self-conscious. It's like, hey, look what I did. You know, I just I, I tried this wacky thing and it's okay. It doesn't have to be you know pristine fine art. You know, I'm not worried about how many faves I get or don't get or any of that. I, I mean, I think it's just more free flowing. And yeah, you do get some you know pretty odd stuff on both of them. But at the same time, I sort of love the, you know, the, the, the innocence of, of them both. And people just put stuff up, and I think it's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. Like, Flickr, Flickr for me is, and we still have a, a This Week in Photo, a, a vibrant This Week in Photo Flickr group over there. Um, mm -hmm. But Flickr, Flickr is kind of like, a, you know, if you use a party analogy, Flickr for me, is like a rave, right? It's a party, everyone's there, you don't know who's there, the lights, yeah. you know, running around with glow sticks and pacifiers and all that. Uh, and then, and then you move to five, yeah, you move the music stuff, you move over to 500px and it's more of an adult party over there, a cocktail party, you know, where people are dressed up and they have their keys out and they have their martinis and it's, it's a little more classy, you know, but it's still, it's, it's a different kind of party, but it's still a party. You know, that's that's the kind of way I look at it. I don't know. I mean, I like being able to, to to try things and put them up and and you know just see how how I feel about it and how other people feel about it and uh, you know. But for me, photography is very experimental. I don't ever want to get to where I, I don't want to become too adult about it. Uh, I, I when I when I make a print, uh, definitely I want to do my P's and Q's and be technically solid. But when I'm just you know trying to be creative and social and having fun with it, maybe more the hobby part of photography, uh, I, I want to be more like a kid. Very very valid points. I love that. I love that. Derek, be more like a kid. Sage advice. <laughs> very very tall kid. Very big kid. But <laughs> I'm used to that. If you were as tall as you are as a kid, you would definitely fit into the bully category. <laughs> I'm afraid of him, mommy. All right. All right, guys. So my pick, um, we are in October, which here in the United States is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. And I did an interview with Caitlin Carey and Joseph Lenaschke, um for TWIP Talks about a project that they're working on. Essentially, guys, what, uh, what they're doing and Joseph is helping them with is – a, a coffee table book where they Joseph is taking photos of bare-chested, um, you know, post-op mastectomy women, and but doing it in a classy sort of Joseph Lenaski kind of style. They're going to compile 33 of these into a coffee table book and then you know distribute them to various doctors' offices with the goal of removing some of the fright that comes with looking at clinical style mastectomy photos when you know women are diagnosed and they look at these photos and it's just like you know it's not not a good scene so they're trying to help alleviate some of that some of that that uh, negative 
perception of the procedure and all that. So they're doing, basically, to put together a Kickstarter campaign at beautyafterbreastcancer.com, and they're trying to raise money to get this book produced and shot, and, you know, I think Joseph may even be donating his time, but the printing costs and all that stuff need to be covered, and they're trying to raise $20,000. They're only, uh, when I checked earlier today, they're around 5000 and the thing ends this month, so... You know, I wanted to do our part by doing that interview and help get them exposed to the This Week in Photo audience to hopefully get that number to 20,000 by the end of the month or by the termination of the uh, of the Kickstarter campaign. So head over to beautyafterbreastcancer.com and you'll find their Kickstarter link. We'll also put a link to it in the show notes for this episode. Uh, but go over there and donate 10 bucks, 20 bucks, you know, 20,000 bucks if you can do it and get them get them going. It would be, uh, be a good use of your time and your funds. Alright guys, we are at the awesome. end of another episode of This Week in Photo. I want to thank all of our sponsors for their support of the show. Without them, this or, or none of the other shows on the This Week in Photo network would be possible. Uh, Martin Bailey, where would you like the audience to go to connect with you, sign up for your workshops, and all that good stuff? The full link from martinbaileyphotography.com martinbaileyphotography.com perfect martin how long have you been doing your podcast where where you know, you've been doing it you know years before we started how long where where were you i was about 2 years before you guys started um it, so uh, we turned 9 in september so nine, yeah nine i'm in the ninth year now uh, nine full years so i'm actually by the end of this year it'll it'll be 10 you're a veteran you are a veteran look at that <laughs> All right. Well, cool. Well, thanks for coming on the show again. It's always a pleasure. My pleasure, too. All right. And also, Mr. Derek Story, what about you? Where can people connect with you? Yeah, you know, Martin and I are neck and neck because I was just looking. I just did uh, 450th uh, today (laughs) podcast. (laughs) And you're at four something, too, aren't you, Martin? No. Oh, Martin. no, I, I'm at 444. I actually have yep. missed a few. I've, you, you've been more consistent, Derek. I've actually missed a few, <laughs> a few episodes. Because I think you, you started your podcast. It, was, it wasn't it was a lot long after mine. I think it went... Do you, no, do you it was two, uh, uh, I, I, November 2005. Yeah, so, wow. so I, mine was yeah. September 2005. So yeah. I, remember, I remember seeing yeah. yours come along, and, and I, I've always enjoyed it. Um, yeah. But yeah, same here. So, so the thing is, I, I've had a few times, like seven weeks in Antarctica, I couldn't quite post um, post podcasts, yeah. and and then you know pesky brain tumors and things that kept me off the air for a few weeks. Um, <laughs> so, this is Martin Bailey. Come on. <laughs> so you know, just I mean, I've had a few things that have kept me off the air. So I'm not at I, I'm not at 52 a year, but I'm uh, yeah. It's as far as age, we're we're I think we were the we're about month. there. Well, you guys, you know how you know how at Twip how we deal with shows that I can't be there on. We have guest hosts, so you know. <laughs> there you go. Do it for you, Martin. <laughs> there's right. no re- there's there's no replacement for Martin Bailey though. You no. see, that's the problem. Yeah, that's, the, that's the thing. I mean, a lot of the time, even even fi- making the time to find a guest host and um and you know for me I do I do it all from from the, the planning through the recording and the and the publishing and everything, so there's no one to hand it off to. Oh, okay. you know, for, yeah. for me, it's it would be more of a job to actually. I'd have to get them into my servers, 
um, and everything. And it's just for me, it's a bit of a bit of a. See, we have a, there's a process here. There's I am I am just the meat puppet at the front of TWIP. You know, there there are you know a, a bunch of really smart people that take the football after I record it and make the show happen. So you know, which means I'm easily replaceable, I guess. So. <laughs> Well, I wouldn't say hey, you're you know, replaceable, but but you're temporarily. Um, you know, I can I can step away and the machine doesn't stop running. Yeah, yeah. That that would be a fun show sometime though, where we each talked about how we do podcasting, and I mean, I had to learn you know things about audio that I didn't know before. Mm, and, right. it, you know, and there's it's kind of cool, and there's, yeah. you know the funny thing about it, there are so many parallels to photography. In, yeah. in audio, that it's it's very interesting. It all works together. It all works together. Yeah. Yep. Anyway, so I'm at uh, thedigitalstory.com and thenimblephotographer.com as well, right? Yeah, and even that hangs off the digital story. If you go to the top nav bar in the digital story, you can you can get to everything: podcasts, workshops, the nimble photographer, the whole deal. You it's all there. Just the Rupert Murdoch of podcasting. <laughs> That's what you no, I think you are the Rupert Murdoch of podcast. I that. <laughs> yeah. no, no, I prefer, I'm more like the Russell Simmons or Richard Branson. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. Or some combination of the two in there. I don't know. <laughs> All right, guys. Always a pleasure having you on. Thank you for coming on. All right, folks, and if you'd like to uh, connect with This Week in Photo, you can do that at thisweekinphoto.com. That's where you'll find all of our shows. And if you want to check out the rest of the shows in the lineup, it's a growing lineup. In fact, we're going to be launching another show in a couple of days here uh, on the 23rd to 24th of October called Your Itinerary. And that will be hosted by Rob Knight. It's about a travel show about travel photography and the gear you should bring and exciting places to go and all that stuff. So really excited about launching that show on the network. And you can check them all out at thisweekinphoto.com slash subscribe. And with that, it's time to take that lens cap off. This Week in Photo is a PixelCore.tv production, produced by Suzanne Llewellyn, with technical producers John Riley and Alutha Jamakar.